0: 49 down, 326 to go. My name is Chris. This is At A Theater Near Me. This is the podcast where I go to the movie theaters every single day for an entire year. Going to be talking about the movies Wolf and the Lion, as well as Belfast. Uh, also Oscar nominations just came out. I want to talk about how those might work in relation to, uh, this show and for concessions month, we're talking about cookie dough bites. Uh, but before we go any further, I want to get right into Belfast because this movie is fantastic. This is the best movie I've seen in two years, better than any I've seen last year, but I haven't seen this year. In fact, it's better than anything I've seen, in, uh, that's come out since 1917. Um, the year 2019 had 1917 come out, had... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood come out. Those are better movies than Belfast. But since then, I haven't seen anything as good as this movie. It's going to be getting an A for me. I love this movie. It's directed by, written and directed by Kenneth Branagh. It's an incredibly personal film for him. Uh, the main character in the story is a nine-year-old boy. This takes place in 1969 in Belfast. Branagh was nine. Uh, and this is basically the kind of the last year of his childhood. And it is masterfully done. If you don't know, I really didn't know this, uh, 1969 was the beginning of the real heightening of the Northern Ireland conflict. Uh, and it actually started, it looks like it started in Belfast. So, um, uh, his character here, like I said, the main character in this story is a little boy and it's basically how his family is dealing with this conflict. And if there's things like the Northern Ireland conflict, aren't things that are going to draw you to the movie theater, uh, don't let that get in your way. This is really a movie about family and it's really a movie about home, what it means to have a home or what home means even after it changes. Cause the Belfast that existed in 1968 and the one that exists at the end of this movie are very different and uh, it all happens very fast and either you adjust with those changes or you leave and what does it mean to leave your home uh and it it is done in such a beautiful but also incredibly relatable way um i said having the main character be a nine-year-old i think really helps in this case in this case because you can really relate to what he's going through i mean a lot of the movies are just troubles he's having in school, or he likes this cute girl in his class. Uh, He's doing long division. So it's some very low stakes problems, but to him, those are really high stakes because when you're nine, that's the whole world. But then in his very neighborhood, The whole world is changing around him uh with some major things happening you see it affect his parents but you're seeing a lot of it through the prism of the of the nine-year-old uh it is all done in black and white i hope that doesn't stand in the way of anyone going to see this either i know it hasn't made a ton of money in the box office i think we're about like you know 13 million domestic so not great hopefully people will go out and see this it did get uh seven oscar nominations including best picture best director best screenplay uh two uh of the supporting actors uh dame judy dench plays the grandmother and Kieran Hines plays the grandfather, and they are both fantastic. The grandfather especially is one of my favorite grandfathers I've seen in film. Uh, Just a a wonderful, wonderful character. And you could argue that everyone, all the characters in this movie, the actor should have been nominated. Catriona Balfi plays the mother, uh, Jamie Dornan plays the father, uh, and they are both fantastic. Really layered, interesting performances, really interesting characters. I love this movie. I I really hope that people go out and see it. One thing I do want to mention is Branagh's directing here. So at times he's flexing. So what I mean by that is you might say he's trying too hard. Some of the things he's doing visually, he's taking some big chances. That Adam Dunn uh, approach where he'd say home runs are nothing. But a lot of these balls do leave the park. But every once in a while you do notice he's trying pretty hard here. Um, I don't know if that's even really a criticism. I mean, some of my favorite movies have directors that are flexing, whether it be Tarantino and Pulp Fiction, or uh, Scorsese and Goodfellas, or, uh, or even in Raging Bull, which I don't like as much, but it's it's masterfully done though. And a lot of it is because Scorsese's working his ass off and Branagh's working his ass off here. It's funny because the screenplay is not that way. It's uh, I love how casual the screenplay is, but the direction is very intense. I mean, if you've seen the trailer for the new uh, Death in the Nile movie, you can see that Branagh can take some big chances and he does so here, uh, but they work here where I, like I saw that death, uh, I saw a murder on the Orient express, excuse me. And that didn't really work for me. I mean, some of the visual things were, were nice, but the story itself was, wasn't there for me where in this, the story is there and the visuals enhance it for the most part. Also, I, I'm a big Van Morrison fan. I think Van Morrison's great. And he has, I think eight songs on this soundtrack uh including a brand new one that got nominated for an oscar as well but if you love van morrison uh, another reason to go see belfast whether it be sopranos or royal tenenbaums or this uh van morrison is so great and people i really that make movies and uh, tv shows i love also love van morrison go see belfast Uh, it is so great you know i also really enjoyed licorice pizza and up until now that was the best movie i'd seen in in a while and i love the father and sound of metal i'm just going through some of the movies that i've loved over the last couple years licorice pizza is fun but you know you could make some points that the plot doesn't necessarily really exist in licorice pizza or definitely meanders at times um the whole sean penn scene for instance doesn't need to be there the father is wonderful it's it's a a terrifying film um, with an amazing performance by Hopkins. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, though, it's so singularly focused. It's uh, And then with Sound of Metal, it's just a smaller movie. Belfast made me laugh. It made me cry. I mean, what more do you want from a night at the movies? It's not even, And the other great thing to love about Belfast has a really short uh, runtime, only 97 minutes. So I mean, really, what more do you want from a night out? Uh, it is a fantastic movie. Uh, go see Belfast. It's, it's really, really quite good. Okay. So I'll talk about Wolf and the Lion at the end of the movie, but, um, I want to talk about Belfast up top uh, Oscar nominations. So the nominations came out Tuesday morning in one of the worst, most bizarre, uh, presentations of the awards. If you had a chance to watch that, uh, it was just atrocious. It was on uh, good morning America, but they cut. you know, the Oscars do the presentation themselves. It used to just be two people would go up and read the nominees. Um, now they have to have these weird jokes. Uh, that, that guy, Leslie Jordan, he couldn't pronounce half the names. I mean, worse than I do on this show, even, I mean, he, he was, it was a mess. It was just a bizarre production. They were all doing it via Zoom. Very strange. I don't know why they insist on doing it these bizarre ways. Just no, read off the names. We don't, we don't need to have a whole song and dance. Let's kind of look at the best picture uh, nominees here. Some of the movies that got a lot of awards. Cause ideally, what was going to happen or what I had hoped would happen was a lot of movies we nominated that I haven't already seen. And those studios then would push to re-release them in theaters and giving me more options to see movies. Unfortunately for me, uh, most of the best picture nominees are movies I've already seen. Um, uh, so here's what, what's up Belfast, which I've just seen, uh, a movie called Coda. Now Coda is through Apple TV. So it had uh, a very short, um, run in the theaters. Uh, And remember with the streaming services, a lot of times you won't even say how much money they made in the box office. So it's difficult to say if it was even successful or not. I mean, we can probably guess it wasn't successful or else they would have kept it in theaters, uh, maybe a little bit longer they initially had committed to. Uh, But will Coda be back in theaters? I don't know. Apple TV is a little bit more generous about putting them in the theaters as opposed to something like Netflix. Netflix is pretty hard and fast. They don't put stuff back in theaters. They don't like doing that. They like to have it obviously on their on their streaming service. And and that's where you go and get it. They feel really confident that people have the Netflix streaming service and they will go there to get it. So for instance, like don't look up, got nominated. There's, I don't think there's any real chance that gets put back in theaters. If it does, I'll go see it. I haven't seen it for this show. I have seen it on Netflix uh, in December because I figured as much. It had a two week run. I guess it did very poorly in the box office. The rumors were it only made half a million dollars. I mean, this is a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence. But I think in fairness, I think a lot of people just figured, oh, it's, it's on Netflix. They didn't even know it was in movie theaters. They just didn't advertise that. Netflix really wanted to promote that it was on Netflix. It ended up being one of the most streamed movies that were was shown uh, on Netflix uh, last year. Don't Look Up, Coda, two movies that I would love to see re-released, but I don't, especially Don't Look Up, I don't expect to. Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story. I've seen all those movies. Uh, and then the power of the dog, uh, so power of the dog is also Netflix. I don't know if that's going to get a a, a release. If it does, I'll keep checking. If those movies do, I will gladly go see them and I'll do a full Oscar show and talk about who i think should win or who i want to win or all that stuff after i've seen all these movies probably once we get closer to the awards the oscars this year are on march 27th so once we get into late march i'll do that show. but for this i just wanted to talk about how it affects this show other movies that got a lot of nominations were being the ricardos and that's on amazon so that's a little trickier amazon might put it back in theaters um, it's up for best actor, best actress. Another reason to put it back in theaters is even just to get some extra buzz for your movie doesn't hurt when it comes Oscar time. And remind them, hey, just in case you forgot, you know, this movie is getting talked about. This movie is getting released in theaters. We're excited about this. That can help get you get your lead uh, actor, your lead actress your best picture some extra votes. Especially when you have an industry that is showing us right here that they are turning their back on streaming services or they're trying to you know there's two real takeaways from the best picture nominees is that a fuck marvel fuck anything that makes money and uh the other one is fuck streaming services um you know where only three of these movies were released you know really via streaming and you know seven of them got theatrical releases that's pretty telling in a industry that's moving more and more towards streaming first. So uh, that tells us that the, there might be some animosity there. Uh, and then as far as the big budget movies, it's not, only, not just Marvel. I mean, you have the, you had the James Bond, you know, No Time to Die c- came out, as well as Shang-Chi and The Legend of the 10 Rings. Now, look, Shang-Chi is probably wasn't gonna get a ton of nominations, it only got one. Spider-Man only got one. No Time to Die, I believe, only got two. And one of them was Best Original Song. I know I talked about it at the end of the last show, but this is still show business. It's it's a business. You know, you have to have people care about your award shows if you want them to watch it. Only one movie of the best picture nominees, of which there are 10, only one movie made over 40 million dollars, and that was Dune. You can't expect people to care about your award show when they haven't seen the movies that were nominated. Look marvel films might not be your traditional award show favorite you know your traditional best picture nominee they might they're not even really movies that i like very much i mean i do the spider-man ones are fine uh but you know these are not in my opinion great movies i mean iron man was very good but for the most part these are not movies that move me like say a belfast would but i would be completely clueless if i didn't say that for most of the movie going public just look at the money that's coming in most people these movies are incredibly important, and I think you have to represent that to some extent. The year The Dark Knight came out, they only there were still only five best picture nominees, so they decided they would increase the best picture nominees uh, to up to 10 every year. And since then, we've gotten between eight to ten best picture nominees. And the reason they did that was because they wanted bigger movies like The Dark Knight to get a best picture nomination, so people would, in theory, watch the award show. I mean, those are the movies that people went and saw, movies they liked. That was the plan. It hasn't worked out that way. I mean, yes, sometimes the bigger budget movies do sneak in. We saw it with Black Panther. There's been a couple exceptions, but uh, for the most part, especially the last couple of years, it's just been more of the art house movies that people haven't seen. I mean, last year's list was atrocious and a lot of those movies weren't even very good. You know, we had, like, Drive My Car got nominated and... I saw, drive my car. I didn't love it. I thought it was a long slog, very boring at times. It had an interesting screenplay, but I mean, I'm probably gonna, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I know I've only seen the, the first couple, but and I like the spider. I'd be shocked if I don't like spider-man William drive my car. I know drive my car is the intellectual choice, but in movies that I like too, like nightmare alley, I didn't make any money. Uh, Licorice pizza hasn't really made very much money. In the streaming ones like, you know, Coda, Power of the Dog, I mean, I guess Power of the Dog and Don't Look Up, according to Netflix, according to their stats, those are movies that people have watched a lot of. But I mean,. I- I don't hear a lot of people talking about power of the dog online. I don't, I don't feel there's an overwhelming wave of excitement for it. Like I, I have for Spider-Man I and mean, maybe don't look up is the exception and, and maybe that will be the true test. If people watch, will people watch the Oscars because of don't look up? I mean, a lot of people according to Netflix and a lot of kind of the buzz you heard online, people did watch that movie. Um, but is, is that enough to drive people to watch the award show, especially when they in droves didn't watch last year? I think the Oscars has some major work to do with um, making this more accessible and more enjoyable for a larger audience. I think sometimes, People forget that you're putting on a show. It doesn't mean you need to necessarily have it all be the top 10 box office leaders. I don't expect that. But there should be a bit of a mix. I mean, look, I didn't like Avatar. I know Avatar sucks. It was a lousy film. But it deserved to get a Best Picture nomination. I think it was a giant box office hit. It was a major talking point that year. It was an important film. It's a movie I don't like, but it's still an important film. I think there needs to be some more recognition of the important films. At the end of this, you know, the year that we just had, 2021, Spider-Man was the most important movie released that year. Spider-Man saved the box office for oh, like two months and it completely gave, and it gave movie theaters and it gave, I think a lot of the public hope that people would eventually go back to the movie theaters. It was a giant, massive hit that even in the, midst of Omicron at its highest point, people still went out to the movie theaters to watch a movie they cared about and were excited about. That tells us that maybe movies aren't quite dead yet. But I'll tell you, if the award shows keep ignoring Spider-Man and movies that people do care about, the award shows will be dead soon. And then finally, here are some other movies that were nominated or got a few nominations that hopefully will maybe be released in theaters or or I could potentially see the worst person in the world. This is a movie uh, from Norway. It's obviously uh, nominated for best uh, international film, but it also got a nomination for screenplay. And I believe it's playing at the music hall in Portsmouth at the end of the month. So I'll be seeing that one for sure. And then Spencer, this is the, uh, the princess die movie with, uh, it got nominated for best actress, uh, Kristen Stewart. I wonder if that might get re-released. That was a—it's uh, on Hulu now, I believe. But it was released through, you know, through a studio. Uh, I know, I'm sure they'd be looking for a little extra money for that movie. I know it didn't do particularly well. I'd love to see that get get released. Cyrano, that got nominated for uh, costume design. That's been—I've seen that trailer in, I'd say, two thirds of the movies that I've been to so far this year. That's the one with Peter Dinklage in the Cyrano de Bergerac say remake. It's also a musical, but uh, that. I believe will be released, hopefully. Uh, I obviously would be happy to go, You know, check that one off the list for sure. So AMC typically shows all of the best picture winners. They might, they, I know they've done it, I think they've done it all in one day before, and they, they make a big deal about showing the best picture nominees. But I do wonder if um, with, they say they're not gonna do it this year. So I do wonder with movies like Coda or don't look up and power the dog, where the streaming services are not going to let them show all the best picture nominees, which is kind of sad in a way, another tradition gone. I wonder if they replace that though, with maybe some of the foreign films that were nominated. I know there's two, uh, other movies that were nominated for best international, uh, film that I have not seen. I wonder if maybe we'll see more documentaries that were nominated. So I'd like, you know, there's four other ones I I would gladly go see for this project. So, uh, hopefully they put in other Oscar nominated movies in that collection or AMC kind of goes and, and touts those more where they're obviously not able to show, um, some of the other ones. Okay. So Went to the, to see Belfast with my wife. She wanted to get cookie dough bites. These are the, uh, the, the label is this, the original chocolate chip cookie dough bites. Um, this is by a company called force. I'm sorry, by a company called taste of nature. Um, now I guess you can have these frozen or not frozen. Uh, we did, we did not get the frozen one. If you've never had these before and I never had, uh, until my wife said she liked these. These are like, they look like raisinettes, if you will, around the same size. Uh, but obviously instead of raisins, it's chocolate covered cookie dough. Uh, one thing I probably should mention is it. So it's not technically cookie dough. You obviously can't cook this. And the reason is they took the egg out of it. Uh, so there's no egg in the cookie dough uh, and they do that. So it will stay fresh longer. So I guess these are, you can have these in a the shelf for up to a year. These were launched in movie theaters in 1997. So one of the more modern, I guess, candies we've, we've talked about it on the show so far, but I guess the first, so they were introduced to be in movie theaters, like I said, and then the first store that the uh, first retail Avenue they went down was blockbuster. They had these, I guess at blockbusters uh, in the early 2000s. And man, I remember the candies that, you know, you go to blockbuster, blockbuster was great. You go to blockbuster or, or you know, a lot of the local video stores had this as well. And you know, you rent your movie, which is such a great experience, walking those aisles and, you know, spend, I would spend hours picking out a movie I was going to see that night. And then you go and you, they not only could you have great candy, but they had uh, at least the, the blockbuster and the video stores I went to. They had like that microwavable bucket of uh, popcorn. So you know it's it already comes like in a bucket, uh, and obviously the kernels are on the on the bottom, and you know the butter is all kind of all squished in there. And you throw the, the whole bucket right in the microwave. I loved going home with my, you know, whatever concessions I was going to have, or to be the, the microwave with popcorn or um, or Sour Patch Kids or whatever I was going to have, uh, and go home and enjoy that. That was such a great night. I. I miss video rental stores so much and I know things are better with streaming. I get it. I mean, so many more options now. I'm sure if I went back if you put me in a time machine I went back to 1995 and went to a blockbuster. I'm sure I'd be frustrated with uh, having to deal with not only you know VCR shitty VHS tape quality or wanted to watch your movie but it had already been rented out. I'm sure that stuff would, would infuriate me. but man, like that was such a fun experience because the moment you didn't know any better. it was so it was such a great night. I miss video rental stores so much. I don't think these are particularly great. These cookie dough bites. I don't think these are great candy. Um, They're fine. They're better than snow caps, but that's not really saying much. Uh, They taste all right. Like, you know, the cookie dough is kind of a, because there's no egg, it's kind of a weird flavor to it. The chocolate wasn't particularly great. I I don't know. Uh, Cookie dough bites, not not great. Maybe frozen, they'd be a little bit better because maybe you wouldn't taste um, the cookie dough being kind of bizarrely flavored, but I don't know. Uh, I I can't, I can't recommend it. You know, one of the worst candies I've had so far doing this. So the company Taste of Nature, one interesting note here, I guess they now, so they started with these cookie dough bites. And uh, as of 2017, they reached a deal with Mrs. Fields. You might see Mrs. Fields in the mall, the cookie shop in the mall. But I guess Mrs. Fields has a pre-packaged cookie line. And this company is the one that handles not only the manufacturing, but the sales of that uh, pre-packaged cookie line. So uh, I guess they also do like um, some... Dr. Pepper flavored candy as well. So this company is, I guess, growing. Just a taste of nature. So I don't know. Cookie dough bites. Eh, not great. Uh, also not great, uh, The Wolf and the Lion. This movie's the first half of this movie is not terrible. And the second half uh, is atrocious. So it's a movie uh, literally about a wolf and a lion. It's a 20-year-old a, a woman uh, inherits a, uh, a cabin on an island in Canada from her grandfather. And there is a... Th- A bizarre circumstance. She ends up having a lion cub and a wolf pup at her house. And it's the first half of the movie is kind of her just kind of dealing with that. She lives alone in this island and it's actually pretty entertaining and interesting to watch because it is a real wolf pup and a real lion cub. And like, you're seeing them interact and it's very bizarre. Like they get along great. This actress is right there with them. It's not CGI. It's Very interesting. And then the movie flashes forward a few months and then the, the lion is like a grown lion and the wolf is a grown wolf. And this actress is there and they're still all interacting. And it is like to see a wolf, like a wolf and a lion play and not like tear each other's throats out is wild. But then unfortunately, the second half of the movie then tries to make it like a story. So then they have like these scientists come in that wants to kidnap the wolf and the, the, the lion ends up getting taken away as well. And uh, they got to try to save the lion and the wolf. It's, it's, it's a bizarre, terrible story. When I just would have been happy just seeing what life would have been like for this young woman and this wolf and lion to live on this island like how would you feed them and what would the the day-to-day life be this movie is almost entirely unknowns except for graham green uh, graham green is a native canadian actor uh and he uh, he was nominated for uh, best supporting actor for dances with wolves he's he's gives a good performance uh in everything he does and he's good in this and the lead actress the, her name is molly coons she's pretty good too. And she's especially brave to, would be terrified being with a lion and a wolf and they're running around playing. And, and it's, it's very strange to watch them all interact. And I guess uh, uh, the actress is one of very few people that were allowed to be around the wolf and the lion. So because of that, she's the only human being you see interacting with them. Um, none of the other cast is is near these this wolf and this lion. So it also makes like the storytelling kind of clunky. So this was directed by Gilles Demestri. I'm sure I'm saying that name entirely wrong. Uh, and he thought of this idea during a movie that he was making called Mia and the white lion. And he had a, a wolf trainer there and uh, a lion trainer there. And they were, he's talking with them. He said, what if we did a movie where the wolf and the lion are friends is that even possible? And they raised a wolf and lion, and you—that's what you're seeing in this movie—is them, I guess, trying to make it possible. And I guess it was, and I guess to this day the wolf and the lion are still friends, and I guess are still uh, in real life are in the um, are, are living together. This movie was a is a Canadian film, but it was a it was a pretty big hit in France, I guess. But it, this is not a particularly good movie. I would think in a typical um, year uh, you would not see this movie in in theaters. Uh, I'm gonna give it a a C minus and I'm probably being generous. Uh, the first half though, actually I was engaged. The second half is really bad. Wolf of the lion going to get a C minus for me. Obviously Belfast getting an A. If you haven't seen the Oscar nominations, obviously check them out, uh, quickly wrap them up too. Uh, I was very happy to see, uh, Nightmare Alley get a Best Picture nomination. I was surprised about that, and Licorice Pizza got a Best Picture nomination, but also a nomination for screenplay and director. I didn't necessarily expect a director nomination there, so um, though that was good to see as well. I really, I really, I really enjoyed Licorice Pizza, but I truly loved Belfast. So I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to be going to Maine for the first time on this trip. So I'll be going to Portland, Maine. So I'll talk about uh, that theater that I'm going to be going to there. uh, And uh, I'll talk to you folks tomorrow.